Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Hockey is back. Welcome back to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, I am your host, Adam Lund, and I am joined again in studio by your favorite co-hoster, Mass Singer Aficionado, uh, Big Brother Aficionado. I mean, the tags just keep growing and growing for him. Mr. Jeremy Boucher. Mr. Boucher, how are you? We did it. We did it. We did it. Finally. You did it. We did it. Yes. No, you did it. Well, you did it. you have pulled so many strings. That's right. In, like two weeks ago, you pulled strings, got New Brunswick hockey back. As Jerry Green calls it, the Maritime North Division mm-hmm. uh, in our little three-team pocket. Last week, you promised, Pat, you'd talk to the Nova Scotia government. You did that as well. I Our intro for you is getting longer and longer and longer. It's unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, I, I just listened to the uh, I listened to the gods. Um, they they tell me, the fans tell me what they want. I pick up the phone. You know, it's all about sales, right? I use my sales pitch like I do yes. for work. I uh, say, so, you know, these teams need to be playing hockey. <laughs> fans need to be watching hockey. Uh, next thing you know, uh, here we go. Here we are. Uh, look, the Mooseheads were supposed to be off until the end of March, like the twenty seventh or something like that. And they're back in action, uh, I guess, tonight or tomorrow or yesterday. Last, la- yesterday. Yesterday. I always, these dates always mess <laughs> me up. So yep. last night, <laughs> uh, the Mooseheads were back in action when they were supposed to be out until the end of March. Uh, t- same with Charlottetown. I thought they were going to be, you know, with this whole two-week circuit breaker thing. Yeah. I didn't think they'd be back until uh, the middle of March, but here they are. They're back as well. When Boucher talks, the people listen, right? <laughs> that when, is very when, true. Uh, when when the fans want their teams back, when they want their hockey back, they just got to pick up the phone and, and talk to me. I I know the people. My boy, uh, my boy, Mister uh, Ian Rankin, Premier of Nova Scotia. So I said last week, both Holland College alumni. I I gave him, uh, I talked to him a little bit, and I said, look, look, rookie, <laughs> uh, we need uh, we need some hockey back. We need the uh, we need the Mooseheads back in action, and look, look. I Look did it. Happened. I pulled it off. Look what ha- happened. Yeah, it's it's finally nice to see uh, more than just two teams in the Maritimes division playing um, as well. St. John and Bathurst are playing as we record this. So last night for when you listen to it, um, we're about 10 minutes into this game at, at time of recording, and uh, it's been sloppy. It's been sloppy. However, it's... Bathurst just uh, took a one nothing lead on a very nice goal by their captain, Matthew DeGagne. Uh, uh, so that's uh, yeah, very very nice goal. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, very, but yes, very sloppy hockey. Players <laughs> falling all over the place, uh, which is to be expected. They're making me look like a great skater. So <laughs> uh, I I can only imagine it's going to be nice some something like this on on Thursday night. Uh, but let's uh, let's we get, we get lots lots to talk about before we start previewing some hockey games. Yeah, that uh, yeah, it was a nice goal. Um, it's just good to be able to watch hockey uh, in our division while we're while we're doing this. So uh, the the pop culture stuff, uh, Hell's Kitchen. Uh, I I still don't know how Mark continues to survive. <laughs> um, again, like Lauren, I don't think he's going to survive much longer. I think the blue team is about done with him. Um, I get why Adam went home. Uh, both guys stopped talking, and when you're in the position they're in, which I think he was garnish and meat, you can't not talk. Um, Man, as I watch that show, it just amazes me the skills that chefs have. Here I am. I try to cook something, and I got to read the instructions three, four times. I got to make sure I got that part right. Then I got to set a timer. These guys are just like, how long? Three minutes, four minutes, two minutes, and it's just it's unbelievable. But I just, I don't know how Mark continues to survive. I hope he doesn't survive for much longer than another episode because I can't stand it, but I think the blue team is about done with them. I thought he was going home last week. Yeah, uh, I I really thought uh, Adam was going to survive a week, and it, you kind of you saw uh, the re- the members of the blue team. They were almost like in shock or annoyed or frustrated that Mark wasn't the one that uh, that went home. So what has he been up four times? Yeah, something like that. He's uh he's he's got a huge target on his back, and yeah, like you said, I don't see him lasting very much longer. Uh, if he's not gone this week, he is gone next week for show. Please. Um, as well, last week, uh, Big Brother started. Big Brother episode one was last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. The floor is yours, sir, for your... We were hoping to get Dobson here to, to discuss it with you. 
Maybe we'll get him here next week. He is a big deal now um, with his quarantine TV, so I think he actually records the same night as we do. But we're going to see if we can lock him down for next week so you guys can have a little chat. But the floor is yours for Big Brother Episode 1. Is my person still there? Who was it again? Uh, Tara. Oh, yes. Yeah. Tara is uh, very safe. Woo! Uh, but uh, another very nice goal by the Bathurst Teton. Uh, anyways, um, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so they kicked it off with uh, with Team Defender uh, versus Team Destiny, and they had uh, Kiefer and um, uh, the Newfoundlander Tina. Tina, yeah, Tina. That so they were selected by Canada as the team captains, uh, and um, yeah, so it was it was weird. There was like a team comp where uh, it was uh, slug uh, sludge buckets. And uh, you had to hold on to your your sludge bucket without it dropping in the water. And the team who had the last uh, surviving member, uh, the entire team was safe for the week. Uh, And while the team that lost, all those team members were up for for nomination and eviction. Um, So it turns out that uh, Julie was evicted on week one. And uh, we have a a new new head of household. Austin is the uh, first official head of household of, of big brother and uh, i believe uh Kiefer and uh, josh were nominated for uh, eviction okay and uh we had i think Kiefer won the pov so he took himself off and of course my guy rohan was was named the replacement nominee so <laughs> my uh <laughs> my final two uh <laughs> prediction might only last uh, one full week so uh, we'll see how that goes, but that's uh, basically your big brother in a in a minute. Is it any different than it has been, other than the two teams? Not really. That seems like that's new, but it is know, very new. They yeah. teased it that it was going to be all different and in quarantine yeah. and all that. Did they explain how they, you know, what they had to do to get into this household before it started, or not really? Uh, well, they were all they were, they quarantined for fourteen days. They were tested. I think they said three times. Uh, and didn't really get into, they just said it was a 14 day quarantine and they were tested a bunch of times. Um, you know, when they were out in the studio, they were wearing their masks. As soon as they walked into the house, they could take them off. Uh, when you're evicted, you have to put your mask back on. So really that right now they're like a, it's like a bubble, like a 14 oh, okay. person bubble kind of thing. Uh, so it's, um, so far so good. I mean, it's not, it's hasn't been that dramatic yet. Uh, still a feeling out process uh, with them all. I'm just waiting for someone to, uh, you know, blow a gasket because I love the drama. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I watch these these reality TV shows <laughs> for. Uh, but so far they seem to be all getting along. But that uh, you know, <laughs> when you live in a house, it's only episode with, one. Uh, when you live in a household with 14 complete strangers, it's only a matter of time before something blows up. So I'm just waiting for that. When you say go outside, do you mean outside, like in the backyard? They're gonna put on a mask on? No, no. Or when, like they when they're leave? when they're evicted, oh, and okay. they go out to back to the studio, oh, okay. I guess, to talk to uh, Arissa. I was gonna say Julie, but that's Big Brother USA. Uh, Arissa Cox. When they go to talk to Arissa, they have to put their mask back on. So when, whenever they're in the house, they can. Oh, they so outsider. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And tonight it's a big, big night. Uh, mask singer uh, tonight. Um, so I found a. People.com now has 11 of the uh, masks we're going to see. So we've got the Phoenix, Grandpa Master, Grandpa Monster, sorry, uh, the Chameleon, the Russian Dolls, which I believe if I saw in the commercial correctly, there's a Russian doll and then another Russian doll that comes out of that. Um, Then you've got the Porcupine, the Cloodledee-Doo, which (laughs) is a chicken, (laughs) Uh, Snail, Seashell, and what do we got? Black Swan, which we knew about, uh, Piglet, and a Raccoon. So it'll be interesting. Um, again, my really early Black Swan was Mila Kunitz, just because she was in that movie for no other reason. I've got no ideas on clues, so stay tuned to us weekly for for that update. And if you want to uh, stay with us for hockey, you can also follow us on Twitter, at Moncton Wildcast, and on Instagram, at Wildcast Podcast. I've got no quick questions, so let's get to news and notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. All right, so uh, for Moncton, Jacob Hudson was named Scholastic Player of the Month in February. As well, he's committed to going to St. FX next fall. That's such a huge shock. I mean, it's only (laughs) in his backyard. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's that's very true. I could have put every last penny in my bank <laughs> account on him committing the Sane effects. <laughs> Did you know? I didn't. But... That the Sane effects X ring that you get once you're a graduate. Yep. Is the second most recognizable ring in the world, after the after the uh, Super Bowl ring. Really? Yeah. Huh. Fun fact. I did not know that. There you go. Um, what's what else is happening in the queue? Oh, that's right. New Brunswick is playing hockey. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, the first, as Pat McNeil pointed out on Twitter. Um, so tonight's, uh, or I guess last night's St. John Bathurst game. Yep. Is the first QMJHL game in New Brunswick in 115 days. Um, f- first, just to put some perspective on that. When St. John lost in the 2017 Memorial Cup semifinal, their next game was 118 days later. So it's less if you count the exhibition. That's how long these teams have been off. That's basically like a off season. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, you got to think that's that's why the hockey is so sloppy. That's why it feels like an exhibition <laughs> game in the first period. Uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, we've got... Two games going tonight or last night. This uh, trying to remember what day we're on is. Uh, Let's just say, whatever. The two games that we're Dang. playing were <laughs> uh, Bathurst and St. John. Bathurst is up two nothing, and Charlottetown and Halifax. Uh, Charlottetown's up two nothing. We've seen them play before. We know all about them. Uh, you look at Bathurst and St. John. Things are quite a bit different. Uh, both teams. And you can just start looking in goal. I mean, St. John added Zachary Iman and Bathurst added Jan Bednar. Um, both teams have some some pieces, some new pieces. It's it's I would be it's an exciting time to be in Bathurst to be a fan right now. I think so. Yeah, they're uh, they're definitely trending in the in the right direction. Uh, Bednar is a goalie that um, you know a highly regarded goalie on the world stage. I'm still surprised he didn't get... I don't think he saw any action at the Royal Juniors. No, he was the third the whole time. Yeah, which was, I mean, kind of shocking to me. But uh, he's he's someone that's going to lead, you know, Bathurst going into next season because you got to think next season is going to be their year where they want to look at a, a championship uh, because the, well, as far as we know, the Memorial Cup will be back in uh, in the queue uh, as, a, as a host city unless there's just absolutely no Memorial Cup next year, uh, this season, and they just decide to give it to the O. Uh, who knows what that's going to happen. That's uh, still a, a ways away, but uh, for, for right now, we can say that the, the, it's, it is the Q's mm-hmm. turn to, to host the Memorial Cup in uh, 2022. Uh, so that's, uh, they, they're, they're building in the right direction. <laughs> If you're Trevor Georgie, you're like, we're taking everything in stride. We're taking everything in stride. There's no Memorial Cup this year. We're going to go back to the O. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I built this team. <laughs> like, you can take a lot of things in stride until the Memorial Cup doesn't come to Quebec when it's supposed to. And they'd have to compete Quebec and St. John. But you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. come on. It's, uh, yeah. So as long as they don't uh, decide to uh, give it back to the O next season, then, uh, yeah, it should be uh, should be in the queue next season. Uh you know, either Quebec or Gatineau or, or St. John will be hosting it. That's the only three teams I can mm-hmm. think of myself. So that's what Bathurst is, is, is building for, you know, when they, when they won their, mo- their Memorial cup, I think it was in Regina. Yes. Yeah. So they want to, I think they might want to have it a little closer so they can uh, have a, a party, another party with their fans. Bednar is the goalie to do it. And they're, they've, they've got a nice, uh, you know some some good some good O2s and some good uh O3s they got some young O4s they're uh they are trending in the right direction and they're going to be a, a really good team next season yeah it's been it's been painful for that franchise what do they have like nine wins in two years or something like that but you can just tell the team that they're they're building and coming together. Speaking of Bednar, he's currently being down, he's down on the ice, being uh, helped to by the trainer. Oh, off to no. a good start. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, I'm just watching the replay, and he's got his hand up. Oh, that's not good. We should stop talking about them because <laughs> fans are going to – Oh, the Wildcats, they're at it again. They cursed us. Uh, let's move to St. John. Um, a lot of difference. It's a almost a brand-new team. I mean, no jo- uh, no wall. Um, they added another 20-year-old goaltender in Iman, giving up basically all the picks to get all the 20-year-old goaltenders. Um, Ryan Francis was a big, big acquisition. It's where, where is St. John? Like, 
not where is it? I know where it is, but um, where are they in terms of what this season's going to look like? They look a lot better. Uh, they do look a lot better. Uh, Iman, Francis, Kotkov, uh, those are, you know, three big acquisitions. But to me, uh, I, I came across a tweet uh, over the weekend, <laughs> and it uh, reminds me a lot of the Sea Dogs. Uh, you know, they're like Moxies. They, they look elite. They look sexy. But at the end of the day, they still serve chicken fingers. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's just the way that uh, that they remind me of they remind me of Moxies, you know. Looks fancy on the outside, looks fancy on the inside. Yeah, but they still got to, they still have a kids <laughs> menu. Um, so that's that's just my take on the Sea Dogs. Uh, I there's still a lot of um, I called the egos, uh, a lot of uh, egos in that dressing room yep. that uh, are I think holding them back. And look, I know it's only uh, it's only been twenty minutes here in uh, from since their first game in over hundred days. Yeah, yeah, nothing's changed. No, uh, so it's uh, I you know I don't know what to expect. They 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 seem like a team that if you if you play them tough and you hit them, you can beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know Ryan Francis has always been a very uh, you know a, fa- a favorite of player player of mine in the league. Uh, I think he's going to be really good for them uh, this year uh, and and next year. I just don't think he's he's you know as, as he will be back in the queue as as a twenty. I know that for a fact because he was a late birthday. He doesn't have to sign with Calgary or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's he, he he's a player they need. He's that uh, he's he's got the compete level. He's got the skill. But they need more, uh, more guys like him, and they just don't have that. Uh, it's, it's all, it's all, it's in their heads, right? It's, uh, it. They have a lot of, uh, you know, dressing room, locker room, whatever you want to call it. Um, just a bad, uh, some, some bad, some bad uh, people in the room, I guess you want to put it that way. So, until they figure that out, uh, this this team, I don't think will will do much. And they've got, uh, you know, they've got an NHL experience coach behind the bench, um, and Greg Gilbert. And it's gonna take some time. And obviously, this is a tough year. It's tough to gauge on what you're gonna get from them. But I don't think you're that far off. Like, it just it just seems like no matter what they try to do, it just seems like something keeps getting in their way. Mm-hmm. And you know, rightly or wrongly, did they move out a, a player that was part of the egos in the locker room? Yeah, and it's only been 20 minutes, but it still shows. And we're not in that room. We're not even close to how that, to following that team. But it just kind of feels like it's the same, the same rhetoric. And you know, I don't know what they do to change it or what Trevor Georgie does to change it, to get it figured out. He, he seems to bring in the bright pieces from you know a Ryan Francis, a uh, Christopher Ennis, uh, Zach Eman. I mean, you're bringing in guys that have won other places, and you know. Liam Leonard. Stop drafting guys that have NCAA commitments who think yeah. they're coming here to run the show. Like, I understand this the the strategy. You, you draft the best player available, but don't dress the don't don't take the best player available based on you, you know. <laughs> you have to look at everything. Like, there's 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 skill, there's compete, there's character, there's so many things that have to go and in, go into it when you draft a player. And they've just literally, they're just, but the past few drafts, they've just been drafting the best player available, regardless of mm-hmm. what their past is about, what their, what their future plans are about. They, they just, they need to seriously take a look at things and, and, you know, come to a consensus on how are we really going to address this team going forward? Well, three of their first, three of their first four picks in rounds one, two, two, and three in 2019 were players that didn't want to. Two of them were going NCAA, and one mm-hmm. of them there was reports he didn't want to play in St. John. So it would be interesting to ask Trevor Georgie, probably not on the record, maybe off the record, if if he regrets the Joshua Wall pick, right? Like you get a guy with reports that doesn't want to show up, and he he did everything right. He he was picked, he put on the jersey, he showed up. Um, he was a, he was a good player for him, but he wasn't. Uh, 
you know, as soon as he got a break out of it on, and during this thing, he, I'm not going back to St. John. He, he held out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, does he kind of regret taking, taking that? Or like you said, I'm trying to find, I guess round two would be it to see. Um, so they took Peter Reynolds 21st overall. They could have had, you know, a Felix Paquette, a Drew Elliott, Zach Bigger. Um, and you can play the game of who they could have had mm-hmm. with every team. And we're not trying to say who they made mistakes on, but just how does the team look different if they don't get the guys that are NCAA type players that think they can come, as you said, come back here and run the show. I mean, they took Cam McDonald's, Daniel what? Agostino, Sam McKinney was taken just after him, which is defenseman. And they needed, they needed picks in, you know, maybe they needed a forward at that, at that time, but mm-hmm. You know, you just look at that. That's that's three, four picks. I mean, Justin Bergeron was taken to start the fourth round. I'm sure he could help on that back end, right? Like, it's just how different would they look if they didn't take those three players with those three picks? Exactly. Like, if you look through the roster, Peter Reynolds had an NCAA commitment. Josh Lawrence has had an NCAA commitment. Um, I think Charlie DeRoche had an NCAA commitment. Ken McDonald had an NCAA commitment. Like, these, it's, it's so... When when you talk about players who have NCAA commitments, but you get to report them at you know to your to the queue, it's it's supposed to be big news, mm-hmm. right? But really, like these guys, they've been look like you said, we're we have we're not in that dressing room, so we don't really know. We're just going off you know stuff that we've heard through the through the grapevine. But these are like there's there's clicks in this dressing room. And that's what's driving this team apart, and it, and it happened in Moncton. I was just gonna uh, say, didn't that happen in Moncton in uh, 2012, 2013, I think it was. So after when we traded Brandon Gormley to Schwinnigan, and instead of keeping all those draft picks that we got, we just wanted we grabbed some futures from from Schwinnigan, um, Alex Dubow and Jonathan Racine and Yannick Feyer, and I know I'm missing one, um, and they just. They they were they came to Moncton and they were just their own group. Uh, they they hardly ever, you know, wanted to gather with with the team and, and go out and do things together. So that's what uh, it, it just hurts, and that's what that's what hurts the team, and that's what's going on in St. John is uh, they're just I don't think they're I don't think they they're they're gelling. I guess they they've been a I guess they've been been around been together for a while, but they're just yeah. it's it, 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 to me it looks like it's two different groups every time they're on the ice. Uh no, it looks like those were just the three players. Uh, June eighth, I believe, of twenty twelve. Uh, yeah. Schwinnigan sent Alex DeBow, Jonathan Racine, and Yannick Bayou to Moncton for the fifth. Uh, in the twenty twelve draft, two fifths, a first in twenty thirteen, and a third and a fifth in twenty thirteen. So, mm-hmm. you had the three players. Um, and it's not. This isn't us trying to bash St. John we got time to do that after playing them. Um, But we had the same conversation last year about the same, all the talent. They had Josh Lawrence. They had Joshua Waugh. I mean, it was the, most of it was the debate between Joshua and and LaRue. Like if you switch the players on the teams, you know, it was Joshua, whatever. But it's why the Wildcats are putting out videos about the Wildcat way. Mm -hmm. It's these guys are, and if you see them in the little, behind the scenes video or things they did last year. I mean, they were just together. They were all together. And again, we're not media by any stretch where we can be in and around the rooms when it was permitted last year to see how these guys interact with each other. But that's what Moncton is building. And we've heard Richie talk about it many times, the Wildcat way, and you got to find that right player and his board. It might not be the best player on the board, but it's the guy that they identify that comes in and can make this team better on and off the ice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly it. it. There's, I mean, yes, it comes to a point where, uh, if if you're you know you're five rounds into the draft and you've t- you've picked all forwards, you get to your 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 fifth round pick and you need a defenseman. Well, if there is a defenseman that was ranked in the first round, but you know, they said okay, well I'm not going to go to the queue. Chances are you're not going to pick them. Mm-hmm. Like if you're interviewing this 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 player and says I'm not going to the queue, but I do have an interest in playing in Moncton. Okay, maybe swing for the fences and take them. Like you look at at uh, a couple of years ago when we drafted Brandon Walker, um, and he was 
you know, one of the most talented defensemen uh, in his draft year in, in, in midget AAA. I don't think he got picked until the 10th round. That's a gamble, right? I don't, I understand he didn't, he didn't play for us. Right. But he had an interest. Uh, those like, if, if that's the thing that St. John is doing right now, they're, they're gambling on these players that, you know, they're hoping they can convince to report. If you, if you go in, if you go and take a, a player like, like, I don't know if, I don't know if Peter Reynolds or, or Cam McDonald would have lasted until the fifth round. But if, if you're St. John, you just go and you, you, you peg these, you take players that are going to fit into your lineup. And then as the draft goes on, that's when you take a, you know, you try to swing for the fences. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge problem with Moncton uh, back in the day when, you know, some assistant general manager up in Bathurst was a general manager of Moncton. Too many gambles, too many off the board picks. Uh, and, you know, you find you find those 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 diamonds in the rough. Like Jeremy McKenna, I think, was a fifth round pick, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Mika Sear was a second round pick. Uh, you know, these Connor Garland was a sixth round pick. Like the, Hudson these, was a fourth. Hudson was a fourth round pick. These like these are are late round picks that end up being really good finds. I remember mm-hmm. when we picked Jacob Hudson in fourth round at the draft in in Charlottetown. You know, he was just this. Five foot eight, you know, hundred and sixty pound pound guy that I hadn't even heard of before. You know, I had followed the draft and I haven't even heard of this guy before. Which is sudden, shocking because he was captain of yeah one of the best midget teams in Canada, or not one of the best midget team in Canada. That was the year after. Yeah, so he was, was he it? was drafted as a as a wildcat. He was drafted as a as a fifteen year old. He went back to play midget, and oh, okay. as a sixteen-year-old, he was uh, he was captain of of Cape Breton West. Yeah, but I mean, in his draft year, um, five goals, fifteen assists, and in, in five goals, fifteen assists in thirty-four games. That's pretty. Uh, you know, those are good numbers for a fifteen-year-old, but still, it's it's not something that you would find. In the fourth round, that's those are stats you might get it. You know, you know a sixth or seventh round. So that was a really that's that's those are the, the picks you need, right? Those are you make those picks count. This is the the problem with St. John is is it's it's that like they're a pick like a player like Peter Reynolds or a player like like Cameron McDonald. They've got NCAA commitments. Chances are they're still going to be on the board, and uh, you know the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds, or possibly even later than that. Mm-hmm. You wait, you wait and grab those guys later in the draft. Um, and if they report fantastic, if they don't, no big deal. Um, they're not, I'm not saying they're wasted draft picks. They're still young players, but they still have a lot to prove. Um, Peter, uh, Peter Reynolds says, you know, I was expecting a lot more than from him, uh, this year. Um, Josh Lawrence, I think, I think he's been a disappointment. Yeah. He's still the first preseason when the show got going, when you were added, it, he was a wildcat killer. Like every mm. preseason game mm. and early games on, he was killing us. Yeah, and, and it's the same thing from him all the time. Yeah, it's the same thing from him. He gets wheel, the puck, wheel, wheel. gets the puck, goes for a skate around the net. Yeah, uh, he does like he 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 does at least a loop and a half before he tries yeah. to find a you know use your teammates a little better. Yeah, um, bang on on the tenth round for Brandon Walker. Thank you. Uh, yeah, he was the where is it tenth round, hundred sixty seventh selection. So. If if Moncton takes the swing on Brandon Walker early, maybe they miss out on Jordan Spence because they took the highly regarded defenseman that would maybe play in Moncton. That wouldn't have worked out. Even if you you know they maybe Nicholas Kingsbury Fournier say what you will, he was part to get more pieces. Lavalet he was part to get more pieces. But you know that's what you're saying. If you take a swing on the guy that might show up in round two and three, you're gonna miss on on some talent and. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, this isn't a, a shot at them. It's just as an outsider, what we kind of see is wrong with this hockey club and who knows, maybe they get it fixed later on and into next year and they're crushing everyone and everything's hunky dory and we just cursed them to play better. That that's, seems to happen on this that's show. That's kind of what we do. So we, we say one thing and the complete yeah. opposite happens. So, St. John fans, uh, I know that was probably not fun to hear, but maybe it'll turn out for you. Uh, it would be fun to get Trevor Georgie on the show and ask him some of these <laughs> questions. Um, 
as well, we'd have to go permission though, of course, but as well, uh, QMJHL team of the week, Bolduc and Cormier from Ramuski and Poulin from Valdor on defense. It was Kashnikov from Gatineau and Spence from Valdor. And then who did B say? I think I said that right from Victoriaville. Um, hopefully we can kind of see some Wildcats on there at some point as we get the season underway tomorrow. Let's do that hockey. Let's do that hockey. Weekly Rewind. Well, again, not much to go over here for a weekly rewind intro. Uh, the Wildcats did have another scrimmage. It was a 3-1 red victory. Goals from Pilat, Dau, and Bernier, the empty netter. Uh, and the lone goal, Team White, was from Hudson. Uh, again, not much to take from this scrimmage. Uh, I think you said Loshing wasn't playing. Yeah, Loshing wasn't playing, so that's a, a, a uh, substantial absence. Uh, there are Load management? <laughs> Four uh, months off in you. Yeah. <laughs> Staying, home, staying back at Moncton <laughs> for the Christmas vacation is load management. Uh, I, I no, I, I there's there was some rumblings that there's a, an injury there. Uh, we just don't know uh, what kind of injury, how long it's gonna keep him out of action. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what to expect there. I haven't been able to get any sort of confirmation on whether it's true he's injured or what's going on. So I'm waiting to uh, just waiting to hear back. I liked it a lot better when it was a maintenance day. <laughs> COVID uh, protocol. Yeah, hopefully he's uh, hopefully he's back in the lineup tomorrow. Um, I mean, Philion looked a little bit more comfortable again. He's gonna play, and it's gonna be interesting to see him play. And he's probably gonna let a few. I mean, he could stand on his head, but he could look like a 16 year old goaltender. And uh, you know, I was talking to Jonathan Waugh about this, and I'm just excited to see the. We traded for this guy. We traded Jordan Spence for this guy. Like you just know it's coming. Just give it some time. Please give it some time. Um, but you know what? Let's not talk about scrimmages. Let's uh let's get into previewing some games. Uh we play t- tomorrow night, seven o'clock against Acadie Bathurst, who is up two nothing, I believe, on St. Yep. John right now. Yeah. Two nothing. So uh you know, Moncton is six and seven, a four sixty two winning percentage. Good enough for fourth in the division. Um this game's going to look very different. Team's going to look very different both tomorrow and Saturday. Where do you want to start? Uh, start by getting some points on the board. Yeah, uh, pucks in deep. Uh, you know, <laughs> four four lines banging. Uh, all everybody's contributing. Yep. All lines are firing. You know, feels great. Absolutely yep. off the glass and out. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know what to expect. I really don't know what to expect. A couple wins, I'll be happy. A couple losses, I won't be surprised. Uh, it's. You know, when you have your first game in, you know, over 100 days, you just don't know what to expect. Yeah. Uh, I think um, – I don't know if these other teams have, have done scrimmages. I'm sure they have uh, to kind of get that uh, that game feel. But, again, these scrimmages are maybe 70%, 75% if we're lucky. Uh, so it's going to be a different uh, a different feel. Uh, I think the Dakota Lung Cornish factor could, uh, could work in Moncton's favor. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he is a veteran goaltender, uh, I really don't think Bathurst will start Chad Arsenal. Uh, Bednar is the number one guy, um, but you know it's only going to be a second career Q game at that point. Uh, I think he's st- at that point he'll still be getting used to the game and the pace. He's never seen any of these players before. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think just that might give Moncton the edge. Uh, but um, you know, Bathurst has a really skilled group. Uh, I think it's going to be. They have a hard group to play against too. They built that mm-hmm. hard group to play against. Very I, physical. I mean, they added Jackson Bellamy, who's not easy in front of the net with a going against sixteen rookies. I mean, he's going to look to push. He was pushing guys around last year. He's going to be looking to push guys around this year. He's like him and McCormick. I mean, they didn't Huckins. They didn't build a small team. This is a no. very physical team. Now Moncton's had some success against them. Uh, we haven't lost in 116 days, which mm-hmm. is a hell of a streak for this hockey club. That's right. Um, so, you know, they're a, they're a tough team to play against. and uh, Yeah, and it's – you know what? I think it might be a high-scoring game um, or it's going to be a low-scoring game. <laughs> so Not a middle-scoring no, game. Not a middle-scoring game at all. <laughs> Either 2-1 <laughs> or 10-9? Yeah. No, 4-3. I mean, four, four, <laughs> let's go with one of that uh, – was it this the game earlier this season where it was like a 7-6 overtime winner and the uh, hat-trick uh, – it was a Spence uh, slapper uh, yeah. from uh, – you know, for his hat trick goal. I mean, that's I won't be I won't be wrong with that. 
you know, I've always at the start of the season, I made jokes about how I think when we sit the end that we sit in at the games, Mm -hmm. the Wildcats might have only scored three goals and that at that end of the ice. Uh, so I, I want to see some goals, man. Yeah, I they played see... six home games. I think it took them three games to get one. I think yeah. you'd remarked. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, oh man, it was a, a Gabriel Bernier, a Gabriel Bernier goal. Uh, that uh, was the first one we saw from uh, from that end of the ice. Yeah, and uh, there we have Ryan Francis's first goal as a Sea Dog. So two one. Yeah, look at uh, that. We talked about them, and, and now they're now they're there. We go. Th- their wheels are spinning now. Uh, I yeah I. I don't know what to expect. I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna. If they lose two games, I'm not gonna come here next week and, you know, uh, rip the tire off them, right? Uh, I. There's, there's absolutely no. There would be no excuse if they if they lose both games. There, yeah. I'm not gonna be excited if they win both games. I'm not gonna be pissed off if they lose both games. Just get these couple games under your belt, uh, and then just. Use these two as exhibition, and then there's exactly. no excuse after this. Exactly, you can't you can't lose another game the rest of the season. No, it's you. You have to you go can, undefeated. You can minimum go zero and two, and then you got to go six and two. Yeah, like six straight. Just win out. Zero excuses. Uh, they've split this. I guess first half with Bathurst. Um, they lost two nothing, four two. Then they had that seven six OT, and then they beat them five three on Pink in the Rink night. Mm-hmm. You're you're bang on. I mean. We've said it from day one. This is going to be a young team. Uh, come to the rink and work, and we won't. You know, there's nothing we can say if you come to the rink and work. If you're gonna, if you're gonna get blown out, even like nine mm-hmm. four, they came back to work the next night. They beat Bathurst. Um, I'll be interesting to see how well the D core comes together. I mean, they went from having three, you know, veterans early on to. Tristan DeYoung is now the vet, the guy. I mean, they, they added Hamel, who's uh, a Q vet too, but McKinney's had a cup of coffee, but they've still got Isenza Pilot-Paven, who, you know, like I've said, when you when you have the right veterans in place, your young guys don't have to play uh, too many minutes and get stretched out. Did they did they do enough with Hamel and McKinney? I think so. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the, 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 the four rookies on this – I mean, Sam McKinney's technically a rookie, but he's had some games um, last year, I think, didn't he? Or is he just this year? See, all these new guys, you got to get oh, used yeah. to what they played. Uh, yeah, he played three games last year, so that's going to count for my um, thing. But, I mean, Isenza, Pilat, Pavin, Olsen, how are these guys going to respond? Um, I, it'll be interesting to see how the defense comes in front of because we've always had veteran lane good defensive groups that we haven't had to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would – I would still say the defense is the strength of this team. Uh, a strength? Mm. I think the strength is 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 in goal. Yeah. Um, you know, now that you've you know you've lost Forche, you've lost Spence. Uh, Lund Cornish is 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 your guy. Yeah. Um, you know, to, Tristan is your guy. Like these are the two guys that you and and Hudson's your guy. Like these are your three your three twenty year olds. Uh, but I think if this team is is going to be strong defensively, it's going to be because you know, Lung Cornish is. If this team wins games, it's because Lung Cornish is going to be standing on his head. Uh, this the the D is young, but they're active. Uh, the forwards are young, but they're active. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's that's what excites me about this group is that, you know, if if they play. One thing I saw in, the, in those scrimmages, and I would have absolutely no problem if if this was their with if this was their new style, three forwards and four D, uh, three forwards and one D, always on the rush, right? What does this What does this team have to lose? Nothing. What does this team have to gain? I mean, <laughs> they they have to gain some points so they're yeah. not in that lottery position. But if this team goes and they take a lot of chances. Yeah, the pro- a few of these chances are probably going to come and bite them in the butt. But if they got three forwards and one D in the rush on the rush all the time, you know, there's there's gonna they're gonna get some goals that way. Uh, I'd rather see them get burnt playing on their toes with three forwards and D rushing mm-hmm. than get burnt sitting back 
chipping and having St. John and Bathurst continue to just come down the ice over and over again and tire them right out. If they if 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 they play ballsy hockey, I don't know if that's even an expression, but you know sure. maybe I'll trademark that ballsy <laughs> hockey. Ballsy hockey. And they have Lund Cornish back there. I have full faith, and and if they want to go three forwards and one D, to yep. in the rush, I'm for it. Right, create some chances because I have faith in Lund Cornish. He's going to bail them out. But if you have someone like a Filion or a Sheehan in net, maybe keep that X that D on the back a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's funny because the uh, last goal scored on Lund Cornish. Can you tell me who picked up the primary assist? The last goal scored on Lund Cornish. Who picked up the primary assist? Uh, would have been Bathurst that scored it. It's an easy question. Just think about it. Rumsey? No. I don't know who. Sam McKinney. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that uh, that player, yeah. Yeah, so huh. uh, yeah, Sam McKinney scored, was the uh, primary assist on the last goal scored on, on Lund Cornish. And four months ago. <laughs> four months ago. A hundred and something days ago. That was also this. This is crazy because. The exhibition season, we'll call it. It was the same night that Iacenta scored his first Q goal. Yeah. And Sean Stewart scored into the empty net. Like, <laughs> what does this feel like it was months ago? It was months ago. Yeah. It, oh, literally yeah, I feel, it literally feels like it was forever. And I think Sean Stewart shot it from our end. Yeah. I think he just turned around and fired it down the ice. Yeah. yeah. And I think, well, Thursday Thursday night, um, March 11th, I believe will be, it's our first game back. It, it's also It was also the last game. Right before this, uh, uh, from from last season. Yep. Then he had that tweet. Yep. They uh, it was a three nothing win against Kate Breton. Breton. Yeah, that on was March the Baker 11th. game where everyone was yelling Jared Baker. Yep. Um, Larue had a fight in that one too, down and behind the net. It was that was one of the games where we had talked about it. There was playoff intensity in that one, and we knew that it was uh, it was coming. Um, so I guess we 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 all know that Dan Lacroix is a, a fan of the show. Um, I didn't know that. Well, we have to assume, right? <laughs> they, they listen to you most of the time. Um, you know, he asks you, give me your line combinations so mm-hmm. you can see how close they are to his. Right. Uh, who are you going with? Honestly, I think if I'm judging it just based on what I saw during the scrimmage, mm-hmm. um, this is if Loshing doesn't play. Uh, I like, I like uh, LaBelle. With Daou and Bernier. I like Barbashev with Hudson and, and Danielle. I like uh, Richard with Stewart and Langlois. And I like Cloutier with LeBlanc and Stammer. And then, of course, you're going to have, um, well, Tristan Sanchez was in the, was in the scrimmage as well. And, uh, man, Yo- Joachim, Yo- Joachim Matulu. I don't know how to I think, pronounce. Yeah, I think it was Matulu. Uh, Matulu. Um he was uh, he was on the D uh, as well. Uh, on the back end, uh, Connor Olson with uh, Tristan DeYoung. I would go Sam McKinney with uh, Anthony Hamel, and I would go P. Lott with uh, Paven or Iasenzo. So I don't know. That's I, I, the, I the top four. Yeah, you got to think would be Olson, DeYoung, McKinney. McKinney. Hamel, like there's, I just don't think there's going to be a different combination. I had DeYoung and Hamel, Olsen and McKinney, uh, Pilot and Isenza. Okay, but, I mean our top four is right. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what combination you mm-hmm. go with. Um, lines wise, I had Hudson with Dao and Barbashev. Uh, I didn't know about the Loshing stuff, um, so I had him with LeBlanc and Richard, uh, Danielle, LaBelle, and Bernier, Langlois, Stewart, and Stammer uh, as your fourth line. And of course, DLC and Net, and I got Philly on as the backup. Yeah, I hockey, hockey. Let's do that hockey. I think uh, we're not going to play the when does Philly on get his start on every show, um, but we kind of chatted about this. Oh man, where's the D? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm sorry. I'm watching the game, and St. John's just making me laugh my pants off right now. Oh yeah, he just so. walked right around him all the way in. Uh. Nice. Um, we're not going to talk about the the backup and when Philian's going to play and when Sheehan's going to play and all that, but I guess we'll we'll just have it this one time. Uh, is Philian playing in either of these two first games? 
Because uh, I got I got him backing up game no. one, but I don't think I no. I don't think he plays for. Yeah, I got him backing up. I think he's gonna back up the first one just to get his feet wet at home, warm up, very first game. Just there you go, and she on a backup in game two. But I don't think they're playing in either of the home games. I would say, I don't know. I'm not answering the question. <laughs> uh, I'm not answering the question. It's, it's, it's a tough just, question it is, to it answer. Tough. Yeah, it's uh, because again, he hasn't played any games. Uh, he was, you know, he wasn't with Aldor. He was waiting for his uh, for the Quebec Major AAA season yep. to start. Then he was traded to Moncton, so he hasn't seen any game action all year. So, uh, if I'm smart, I keep him out for at least a few games. Um, you are playing him in this set of eight, though, right? Oh God, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah I, I just wondered if you were keeping him to practice to get us like give him two full months of practice and whatnot before he plays. Maybe, but I guess you have to play him because you. Who knows what's happening in mm-hmm. the month of April, right? Yeah. Okay. So I, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. You got to play him at some point in the eight. I just didn't know. I think, uh, yeah, you'll get him in. He'll get one of the eight, um, maybe two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Maritimes. Uh, did you hear us talk about this Maritime bubble? No. So we're gonna just say screw you, Newfoundland, uh, and had uh, have a Maritime bubble um, with uh, New Brunswick and Nova Scotia and PEI. Uh, which uh, mid-April is the talk. That lines up perfectly to have a few games to end the regular season and then yep. playoffs. There you go, right? So uh, again, I'll do my uh, I'll do my talk with the uh, with the premiers here, and uh, I'll join their their Zoom call that's uh, scheduled <laughs> for uh, for tonight to talk about the uh, the reemergence of the uh, maritime bubble. And uh, yeah, I'll have, I'll have some news some news to bring back maybe next week, or maybe we'll have a date next week so should we probably get close to wrapping this thing up if you got to make a zoom call eh well it's not till tomorrow oh okay yeah we got to jump on with the premiere so. okay yeah i got yeah. you i got you um yeah that's speaking of newfoundland uh i forgot to say this in pop culture started watching uh rock builds on hgtv okay it's uh, a third generation builder in newfoundland <laughs> uh building all the houses and uh, it's uh, it's quite fun to watch. Um, I've seen the I've seen the kitchen party. I've seen the like it. He'll say something, and then the little word will come up, and what it means because he just explains Newfoundland words. So it's just kind of fun to to watch them uh, build houses and talk, really. But uh, <laughs> let's get to everyone's favorite part of the show. Eric Murray Realty. Buy a house from him. Stick tap of the week. All right. So uh, this one uh, kind of goes along with um, Monday's uh, International Women's Day. Uh, I'd like to give the stick tap of the week to uh, East League's Kenzie Lalonde, uh, who's going to be making her uh, debut. I guess you want a QMJHL debut. debut. Yeah. So she'll be uh, calling her first Q game on Sunday uh, on East Link. Um, Halifax against Charlottetown. Um, which is uh, which is awesome because uh, you know we need uh, we need more women in uh, in our lives, uh, you know in in sports in politics in every uh, every industry every genre every aspect of life we need more women. Uh, so that's um, that's a huge huge deal for for Kenzie and a very well deserved uh, honor. Uh, I was going to call it promotion, but it's not a promotion because she's really, you know, she's done a fantastic job uh, already with Eastlink. And, yeah, so just, uh, you know, we've we've seen women in sports, uh, Cassie Campbell-Pascal, Jennifer Botterill, uh, you know, Sportsnet's got Caroline Cameron. Sarah Nurse. Sarah Nurse and Kia Nurse. Like, these are... Uh, strong, powerful women that are that are doing a lot of good in the world and the, in the world right now. Um, so uh, that was I wanted to tag, uh, kind of put that one together with uh, International Women's Day that was uh, just on Monday of this week. Um, so uh, great job, Kenzie, and uh, I will be sure be tuning into that one. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing it just uh, because it's 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 uh, it's it's really a big uh, it's a game changer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to uh, to have uh, you know more women in uh, in, in sports and uh, and in life. The Stick Tap Week, sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax way. Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media These or give him a call like at five zero six eight six three 
8802. Hockey is back. Yes, yes, it is, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, so with hockey being back, there's no cat of the week this week. Yes, there is. Who? <laughs> Sorry, I just kind of like chiming in. Um, so I think this one's pretty obvious. Um, the stick, the not stick, the cat of the week will go to the winner of the fastest skater at the skills competition. The un, I don't think anybody saw this coming. Nicholas Pavan, uh, edging out uh, Loshing, who I think. Uh, yeah, I said I. If you week, didn't pick Loshing, your hand slipped on the wrong. Uh, yeah. you know, on the wrong name. So, uh, yeah, I didn't see it coming. I've never seen Loch. Not uh, I've never seen Pavan skate that fast. So I hope he. Guess we gotta expect it now. Oh, tie game. Oh, Look, nice. We are pumping. Uh, we got St. John going now. You're welcome, St. John. Yeah. You are welcome. Francis again. That's my boy. Yeah. So what's <laughs> Yeah, no, we won't get into trying to play that voodoo. Um all right, yeah, I didn't. Next week we're gonna have I'll pick the cats of the week from the two games, uh, as you've been able to chime in with the past two, but I mean, yeah, I don't think anybody would have not picked Loshing as we've basically called him the fastest kid alive uh since he's been here. So that's your cat of the week is Paven for being the fastest cat during the scrimmages and the skills competition. So that'll do it for this week. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us. And, man, we are 24 hours away from Wildcats Hockey as they take on the Acadie Bathurst Teton. Don't forget to use your season ticket from October 18th for the game as well on Saturday versus the Sea Dog. Use your ticket from November 20th. Again, Thursday's game is your October 18th season ticket or if you bought a ga- uh, ticket from Ticketmaster for that game. Uh, you can use that. Uh, thanks again for downloading, joining us on the show. We'll see you next week as we get a recap of these past two home games, and we're going to preview, you guessed it, games against the Sea Dogs and the Titans. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.